Because if you would have gone back in time and see me as a child and ask me, Karen, who who is God? What is God for you? Or, um, you know, any question about God? I believe I w- wouldn't be really be able to answer mm. because God was rules. This oh, is okay. all he was. Mm. Um, wear skirts, do that. Mm. Don't eat that, do that. Um, it's more about the rules and the uh, Jewish traditions than it was about God loves us. Um, why does God loves us? Is there a purpose for us? Uh, we never talked about it at home. Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. I have with me today uh, a fairly well new friend. We met oh back in fall. She's uh, new at Bernie Bible Church, and she's Israeli. Her name is Karen Casantini. Did I say it right? Yes, I you did. did. Great, and. Uh, just have had short conversations here and there and thought that it would be interesting to have her on and just share you know her story and uh, maybe fill us in a little bit on life in Israel and just what's going on there now uh, to help us be able to better uh, better pray for Israel. So Karen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's Happy good. to be here. Uh, it's good <laughs> to have you, and and I appreciate. I know you're really busy right now. Karen is, uh, she's in school. She's here uh, studying in university, and she's a lot of tests, a lot of studying going on this week. And but she was able to carve a slot out to uh, to be here with us this um, for this time, and I really appreciate her willingness to do that. Um, Karen, you're um, you're here and you're going to school at Shriner in Kerrville. Is that right? Correct. Okay, and tell us real quick what's your what's your major? What are you studying? So, it's called um, Bachelor of Science in Aviation, which oh. is a really really pretty name for. I'm just uh, learning to become a pilot, and simultaneously I'm doing my bachelor's. Um, it contains a lot of physics, um, some core uh, courses of just any regular university, um, some math, um, a lot of ground school. Okay. So this is what I do. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what are you wanting to be a pilot for? Is it just personal interest or do you want to be a commercial pilot or what? what's the plan? So right now I'm aiming to work in an Israeli airline, um, the biggest one, which probably is going to be the smallest one here, but uh, it's called El Al. Yeah, so it's actually well known. Yeah, we we know about it here. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the airline I would like to work for, but I'm really putting that in the hands of the Lord if He he will direct me differently. So that's definitely that's interesting. So tell us a little bit. Uh, were uh, have you were you born in Israel? So yeah, I was born in Israel. Uh, I've lived there my whole life. Um, what part of Israel? So I lived in a small village um, that is called Nesharim, mm-hmm. which means miracle in the mountains. They took it from Jeremiah, but no one really knows if that's like <laughs> we ha- we had a miracle there or not. You know, the whole <laughs> land had miracles, but. Um, yeah, so a small village next to Jerusalem. It was in the Judean mountain. It is in the Judean mountains. Um, 
Yeah, and it's a really, really pretty place in the mountains there. Okay, so it's more in the southern part of the country then. Um, yeah, it's kind of yeah. You can say that. Okay. All right. Okay. For me, it's like the center of everything. Oh, okay. But <laughs> All right. No, that's good. Yeah. How far is it from Jerusalem? Uh, about half an hour, hour drive if you have a car. If you're not, you don't have a car, you're toasted. Like <laughs> you're just stuck in the village. <laughs> Okay. So now, were you born into a Christian family? No. Okay. So I come from a secular family. Okay. Um, and as a child, I was raised. Um, so my parents had their kind of journey in faith or in religion, okay. shall I say, because I really believe that they didn't know god fully and this is why they were practicing religion and okay. not faith okay um so as i was growing up i was going um to a kindergarten in our village um and it was a religious kindergarten i was wearing skirts uh, my mom was wearing skirts we were saving the shabbat my brother went to uh, elementary school um, outside of our village um, and it was a very religious uh, mm. elementary school they learned all of the Toshba I don't know how to translate it right now but it will come up um, so they learn all of the different interpretations from the rabbis and he was really practicing religion there. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So we had this phase of being religious family and practicing it, saving the Shabbat, no electricity um, oh, wow. uh, on Shabbat. Um, all of those rules, it's basically, it's more rules than faith. Because if you would have gone back in time and see me as a child and ask me, Karen, who, who is God? What is God for you? Or, um, you know, any question about God, I believe I w wouldn't be really be able to answer mm. because God was rules. This oh, is okay. all he was. Mm. Um, wear skirts, do that. Mm. Don't eat that, do that. Um, it's more about their rules and the, uh, Jewish traditions, then it was about God loves us. Um, why does God loves us? Is there a purpose for us? Uh, we never talked about it at home. Uh, it might have been um, just a way of my parents. Maybe they didn't notice. They never talked with, it, with us about it. But I never saw any sense in everything we did because okay. it was just rules okay um never never hated god but never understood him as well so there's uh, how many are in your family your immediate family so it was me and my brother uh he's older than me in three years and my parents okay so there's four of you in the immediate family now but there's a you have a larger family yeah i have a huge family okay okay <laughs> And um, just curious for the background of your family, how at what point did you, did your family come to Israel? So, my dad was born in Israel. Okay, but both of his parents um, didn't. My grandma 
Um, she was born in Iran. Mm. And my grandpa, I've never met him, and they didn't talk about him much. Um, I believe he he was born in Egypt. Really? Those are stuff I discovered really not long ago because... Um, and they were both Jewish? They were, yeah. And from they Iran were, and yes. from Egypt, wow. So a lot of the people in Israel are descendants. They were coming from Egypt and Iran, and there were so many Jews there, but they ran away mm -hmm. because they were uh, persecuted. Right. So they ran away, they left everything they had, they had like huge mansions, um, wow. a lot of money, a lot of properties, uh, great business people, they have businesses. My family had businesses there. They were very wealthy mm. and they le left everything behind. Okay. Um, because of persecution yes. and, and moved to Israel. Yeah, anti-Semitism was yeah. way long ago, yeah. Okay. Um, and my mom, she was born in Ukraine and when she was 19, she came to the land, um, and her, her parents followed her after, I think a year or two. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. So you and your brother were born in Israel. You were attending school. It was a religious school. Uh, so a lot of religion and and we're observing the Shabbat. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So, and that, just explain to people, what do you mean when you say that, observing the Shabbat? So, observing the Shabbat is uh, when um, it's Friday in Israel. So, everybody, well, I won't say everybody, but like 90% of the people in Israel work in Friday like it's the weekend already. So, it's a shorter day. The buses, uh, public transportation stops before. So okay. if in like normal day, the last bus will be at 7 p.m. On Friday, it will be maybe 2 p.m. or okay. 3 p.m. So everybody rushes all over to get back to their house or wherever they are going to stay the Shabbat in. Um, and school, I didn't have school on Friday. Some schools are working, but it's a shorter day. And then you come home and you prepare the house for the Shabbat. So you clean it and you bake challah bread um, to do the traditional ceremony and um, with the wine and the bread, uh, but in the Jewish way. Okay. Um, and every... Every family gather together, having their meal. Um, if that's a religious family, so you leave some lights in the house uh, on, um, but you don't touch them till the Shabbat leaves. And the Shabbat leaves a day after that when it's dark already outside. And my family, we used to do that. My dad would... Um, tell me to go outside to the yard and to look if there is three stars in the sky. If there is three stars, it means the Shabbat left. Like okay. the day has changed. The sun set down and it's a new day. Okay. Um, so you save the Shabbat from when the sun set mm -hmm. um, on Friday and then about an hour after the sunset on Saturday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so 
electricity, you don't touch your phone, your computer, the television. Um, some people don't write. Some people do, don't do anything that can be considered work. Okay. Um, so what do you do? You read books. Okay. Um, you play with your family. You go outside. As a kid, I was always playing outside with my friends because they were coming from religious families as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just set a time. Okay, we will meet each other next to the tree at 3 p.m. on Saturday. And then, you know, you will be there. Okay. Or you just go to their house and knock on the door. Okay. <laughs> so... Oh, that's interesting. I've never, you know, I have Jewish friends, but I've never really asked um, asked anything about that. So that's because, well, they're all American Christians, so they don't mm -hmm. really observe it. So, okay, that's interesting. I appreciate you explaining that to me. So now you were growing up in this, very religious. And yeah. how did you end up becoming a Christian? Okay, so I grew up like that not for long. Okay. My brother is older than me in three years, so he experienced it um, more than me. But when I um, needed to go to elementary school, my parents had a different, I don't know, they kind of abandoned the Jewish traditions, and they become more and more secular. Okay, We started... Um, turning on electricity and just becoming more and more secular. Mm. Uh, and yeah. So when I went to kindergarten it, uh, to, sorry, elementary school, it was um, just a normal one, not a religious one. Okay. So I was in a secular environment, let's call it that. Okay. Uh, and this is how I continue to grow up. I went to the um, high school just next to it. Uh, all the villages are going kind of to the same school. My Even my father learned there. So yeah. um, I was in high school and I was 16. It was one year before my last year, my... Um, yeah, the last year of high school. So okay. it was a yeah. year before that. Um, I was 16 and it was about like October. So it was a month after the school year started that a new girl came to our class. Oh. Her name is Hannah, which is Hannah in okay. Hebrew. Um, and she she was new completely t uh, in this area and she knew no one. And I immediately, immediately came to her and I was like, hi, what's your name? I'm Karen. I introduced her to my friends and she was just so lovely. Um, and we just became friends. And as we um, got to know each other, um, she shared the gospel with me and mm. she told me she is a messianic jew mm. and i was like what do you mean i have never ever in my life i was 16 and that's that's pretty old already yeah. but i've never heard about jesus in the way mm. she talked about him because jesus was for the christian people mm -hmm. i have no relation to the christian people 
I, I don't mind. They can practice whatever they want, but Jesus is for them. Mm-hmm. We have the God of Israel. They have this Jesus person dying on the cross. Something really weird. <laughs> um, didn't get much into it. Um, and she told me she's a messianic Jew. And I was like, so wait, you're, you're Jewish and you believe in Jesus, the mm-hmm. one that died, the one of the Christian people? And she was like, yeah, but he wasn't for the Christian people. Oh. He, yeah. And I was very interested. I started asking her a bunch of questions like, um, what does it really mean and who Jesus is and wait, so Jesus is the son of God, but no, we have only one God. God is always saying, I'm, I'm one and only, um, there is only one God. This is, you believe in multiple gods. Like what is the spirit you're talking about in the son and the father? This is three, Hannah, this Mm. can't be. Um, but she was very, very patient with me and she explained me everything, giving me scriptures, from from the Old Testament, she she shared with me about the New Testament as well, which I've never read in my life, and I was very interested. Um, and th- I think the biggest thing was she was sharing with me um, scriptures from Genesis, and she told me Jesus was there all along, mm. and she didn't use. The, the world the word Jesus yeah she used Yeshua okay um, which is the word I'll use with every Jew yes um, because this is really his name in mm-hmm. the Bible and it even sounds closer mm. um, maybe because this is the my first language but mm-hmm. it sounds closer to you and she showed me the scriptures from Genesis that says um, that God made us in his image. Um, and those scriptures there are talking about God in, in plural. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you see, he was already there. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, the rabbis, what they say, it's because God is so big and mighty, he's using plural. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're using plural there to describe him. But I'll, it it doesn't sound right because right. he's so big and mighty. He doesn't need any. He doesn't need any of that. Um, and everything she said just sounded like truth. Mm. Um I'm going to pause this and I'll say that at 16, I had really, really big questions like, why are we here? What's the purpose Mm. of life? What's, what's the plan? It can't be that I'm just here because I'm here. My parents brought me to this world and I'm going to bring children and they'll bring children. And what's the purpose? There must be some reason for me to be alive it can't be that i'm like any creature Mm. um the world didn't make sense to me something something didn't make sense um i was sure there must be a reason and if not that's gonna be a problem that's hard to live um without having this 
faith or having this truth that you know why you're here and what you're doing and yeah so I had really really big questions and I was looking for answers um and this is the moment when God sent Hannah into my life um and she's started to sharing the gospel with me Mm. now it's not easy for a new kid it's cool to share the gospel where everybody will look at you like you're kind of a crazy person this is very very um not regular Mm. thing to do um but she did it anyway so as she was sharing more and more i became more and more interested and then she asked me would you like me to bring you uh, a New Testament? Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and even before that, I just caught myself coming back home, op- opening the door, and just going straight straight to the library, pulling out um, our Bible, of course, n- not with the New Testament. It's only the Old Testament. And opening Genesis. So something stirred up in my heart um Mm. and because who in the world like Mm. no not not regular kids in high school coming back to school from Mm. to the their house and just opening the bible something was going on um and as i heard more and more about god and about god's plan for us and about his love for us and about how he created a normal family, a, a man and a woman, and about how he loves us, about how a man should love his wo- mm. his woman like God loved the, the church, right, the community. Right. Um, it all started to make sense. Mm. And then new, the New Testament was like doing a puzzle and you have this last piece that is just not there. So this was the New Testament just filling in the blank, filling in the empty space um, and making everything Mm. um, so true. And so, oh, this is what Mm. it was. This is what I was missing. Mm. So I really believe that God opened my eyes and my ears to hear and to see for myself because as she was sharing with me the gospels she was sharing with all of my friends oh really so there was more in the conversation than just the two of you so it was mostly the two of us but when we were sitting in a group i i kept on asking questions (laughs) um and although all of my friends were just oh yeah okay nodding their heads and moving on. Oh, did you hear that and that? And just proceeding on. But I was like sitting there with my open mouth and, and thinking about so many things. I couldn't think about anything else. Mm. I only thought about what she told me. Um, but all of my other friends, they just kept on going and Mm. doing their own things. And I was like, no, I can't move on from that. Mm. Um, so it's really interesting. So that that is interesting because obviously the Holy Spirit was working in your heart, had brought you to a point where you were ready to hear these things and you were 
it, it, it was really speaking to you and, and, you know, answering your questions that you already had just had previously had had. That's encouraging to hear things like that, you know? So, so did you become a believer at that point? So I remember it was my 17th birthday and my mom wanted us to go with my grandma to this restaurant after, after school. And I was pretty cheeky back then, like every 17 year old. And I was telling my mom over the phone, no, mom, I'm not coming home today. I'm going to go to Hannah's house because they have this gathering of the Messianic youth and I'm going to go there. So long story short, my mom wasn't very happy about that. Not about the fact that I'm going to the meeting, but about the fact that I didn't go to the restaurant with them. But this is definitely what I wanted to do on my birthday with people I don't even know. I didn't know the youth group. I didn't know any one of them. Mm. But Hannah invited me to the youth group and I was sure this is what I want to do today. I had no idea what they were going to do there. So I came there and all of them came and say, hi, who, uh, you're Karen. Of course, they prayed about me before I came. I didn't know what that means. Um, But they already knew who I am. And I came there, everybody said hi, and they started worshiping. Mm. And it was, I'll never forget that day because they were worshiping and I felt truth. Now, you'll probably ask, how does truth feel? I don't know to explain. You okay. just know. You just know. Mm-hmm. I feel truth in okay. the air. I, I, he- I hear truth. Like, there was um, the Holy Spirit right there working in this youth group mm. while they were worshiping in Hebrew, in my own language, worshiping the Son of God. Mm. And from that moment on, I started coming every Wednesday to her house. We were like sisters. We were doing homework and then going to the youth group, hanging out with the youth group, learning the Bible, learning about Jesus, who he was, and going back to school the day after. And I was just became like one, you know, like her sister. And I wasn't a believer yet, but one day... I remember coming back home from school. It it was about two weeks, I think, after my 17th birthday. And I entered the room. I closed the door behind me. I fell on my knees and I just asked God to come into my life. I said, God, I am a sinner. I know I am a sinner and I know I need you. Will you please come into my life. I want you as Lord. And this is all I needed. I didn't know everything about Jesus. Mm. I knew so little, mm. but I I knew everything I need to know. Mm. This was enough to mm. say, I believe. So the next day I'm coming to school. I see Hannah. It's like lunch break. And I'm, I'm telling Hannah, we're walking there. And I'm telling Hannah, Hannah, I'm a believer and she is and she's like uh what and she's like yeah uh I'm like I believe and she she just couldn't believe that mm. I'm yeah this mm. is all it take like 
she just couldn't believe that. Mm. And after years from that day, she always tells me that she was so happy. She couldn't believe that is happening. Mm. Like the child of God coming back. Like, mm. yeah, it was just such a happy moment for her. Um, and for me, of course. Um, and from that moment on, um, I became a believer. Okay. So um, you've been a believer for about seven years then. Yeah, I believe so. I would say there is a kind of a part in that testimony after I graduated high school. I will tell shortly about it. Um, even before I graduated. So about, it was the end of February, I remember, 20 days after my uh, 18th birthday. It was last year of school. And my brother was already in the army. Mm. Um, and he was in a course. He became a commander. Um, and he was supposed to have his soldier, his soldiers coming um, his first soldiers ever that he's going to be their commanders. Right. Uh, and so he was in the army back then. Um, at that day I was at home. It was a Purim holiday where okay. everybody put costumes on. It sounds like, um, you guys have this holiday here that you dress up. Oh, and Halloween. Stuff. Halloween. Yeah. So it's like the Jewish Halloween. Okay. Um, and I was at home and three people in uniform came to our house. And if you're an Israeli, you know where it's going. When they come to your house, it means bad news. So they told my father and I about my brother's death. Mm. Um, we don't know much about it, about how it happened and what happened, but this was a very, very hard day for me. Mm. Um, from that moment, I, I had such a hard time. I didn't really want to leave anymore. And well, God means hope. God means life. Mm. And I didn't want to leave. So I turned my back from God. I, I was like, I know you're real. I know you're the truth, but I don't want to, I don't want to leave anymore. And I don't want to pray. I don't want to do anything. I'm just turning away. I'm turning to the world. Mm. This is what I'm doing. Mm. I, I just don't want it. And you were how old? 18. Okay. I just turned 18 and I lost my brother, which was uh, such a huge person in my life. Mm. He was my parents. He was my best friend. Mm. He he was the best brother. He, I learned so much from him and I lost him mm. and I felt like I've lost so much. So it was really hard to proceed on from that. And in that moment, I chose to turn my back from God. Mm -hmm. I'm jumping ahead. Um, I graduated high school. Of course, I was living like a dead flesh. I, I felt like I'm just a dead, just a body walking around, mm. no mm. soul. I was spiritually dead mm. completely. Mm. Um, and 
I was doing my military exams, the Navy exams, everything you need to do before you go to the Army. Cause because I was, everyone is required, right? Yeah, okay. everybody requires to go to, to the Army. Uh, girls usually serve for two years, and guys usually serve for two years and eight months. Hmm. Um, I was, before my brother died, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be uh, a combat in a specific unit in the Navy. I was very, very determined. Um, but after my brother died, I didn't know what I want anymore. So I was like, well, I don't know who, who I am anymore. I don't know what I want to do. So let's just go back to what I was. So I tried to aim to this specific unit and I really didn't believe I'm going to get in because everybody, I'm a, I'm a small town like a village girl never grew up next to the ocean knows basically nothing just that i love the ocean i love to surf but everybody in the exams there with me were so so good and i was sure i'm not gonna get in but i got in mm. and i believe this was the like god's way mm. um so i got into this unit and, and this is a special unit though isn't it uh, yeah, you can I say think, that. I think you're being a little modest with this, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so you're into this special unit, and t yeah. go, go ahead, I'm sorry. Um, and I was after boot camp, I was after the course, and I was stationed in the southest place in Israel, mm. uh, in Eilat, mm. uh, the Red Sea. A okay. beautiful, beautiful place um, to sail and to do whatever we did there, to dive. Um, I was a diver. This was part of our unit. And so I got there and some people... I think you're really holding back a lot on what... But yeah, okay, you were a diver. And yeah. Okay, all right. Well, and I'll let you tell your story. All right. Um, and... Someone from my unit, he was from the area of Jerusalem as well. And he knew that somehow I'm related to the Messianic Jews. Okay. And he was asking me, so wait, are you a Messianic Jew? And I just couldn't answer the question. Mm. Am I? Am I? Because I abandoned God. I turned away. What am I? It's a really simple question. It's either you believe or you don't. Mm. And I knew that God said, do not say you're a believer if you're not following me. Like, mm. that's going to be inappropriate. This mm. is going to represent God in a very bad way because I'm not following him. I'm not living a Christian life. So I didn't want to say Yes, I am. When I'm not living according to God's word, I know I knew this was wrong. Mm. So I didn't say, yes, I'm a believer. I just said, it's complicated. Mm. Um, and after that question... Was he Messianic Jew? No, he okay. wasn't. But his very good friend was. Okay. So this is why he knew I'm related to the Messianic Jews. Again, we're such a small congregation, such a small community in Israel. Everybody knows everybody. <laughs> okay. So when a person comes to faith uh, that wasn't a Christian before, everybody know who that is. So everybody knew my name before okay. 
I even knew them um, because it's a it's a thrill, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. another brother, right. another sister. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and after that question, I started asking myself, well, do I believe or I don't? Um, and as the days went by and it was the day of atonement mm. and I remember, mm. um, a rabbi because every Jewish holiday, there is a rabbi coming to the base okay. and a rabbi came to the base and there was kind of this gathering in this tiny, tiny synagogue. And I went there. I said to myself, let's learn something. Mm. Let's, let's hear about God today. Let's see what they have to say. And I went in and I can't tell you what he was saying, but in some point of this conversation, this gathering, he was saying stuff that were so, so far from the truth that Mm. I, that I just (laughs) smiled to myself and said, you know, that's not true. Mm. Just get out of there. It's not for you. Don't do that. Like, mm. this is not the truth. And you know that. Isn't that interesting, you know, how we can turn our backs on God, but he never abandons. You know, he, yeah. he never leaves. He never forsakes. Yeah. But he remains and he's still working in your heart. He's still speaking. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So I left the synagogue walking back to my room, thinking about God, thinking about, well, that was wrong. That was not the truth. And of course, Hannah kept in touch with me all through, all through that time. It was a period, a long period of time that I had boot camp. I had a lot of tough and rough situations that I was crying. I was saying, it's hard. I can't do that. I don't know if I'm going to finish. Um, and that's normal. I just have to say that's completely normal. I wish I could go back and tell myself, Karen, that's normal. You'll Mm. get through that Mm. because this is how it is to be in the army. This is how it is. And this is how it is to be grieving while the army service. It's hard. Mm. So Hannah, kept on being such a good friend all this time. She was encouraging me. She was praying for me. Of course, not with me because I didn't want her to, but she was praying for me Mm. all the time. And something that I didn't know was that since my brother died, the whole youth group gathered every week and they prayed for me. Oh, wow. They prayed for me every week. I found out this only years after and how I was shocked Hmm. not because they were praying for me because wow God used his God used them so much Uh, yeah prayer is is so important in our lives as Christians Hmm. this is just so important Hmm. they yeah, they prayed for me. It means the world. You can't change that mm. with anything. You can't replace that, a mm. prayer. What can you replace? <laughs> um, and 
the other day, after the Day of Atonement, I went outside. It's like 45 Celsius outside. It's like, I don't know, 110 wow. degrees yeah. uh, Fahrenheit. It was very, very hot. It's very hot, uh, hot um, down there. And I was going outside. No one is outside. Everybody is in yeah, their rooms, you know, with the fans on. I was sitting completely by myself there outside, taking the Bible with me, opening the Bible and saying to God, okay, mm. here I am. I want to come back. I want to go back. Will you take me in? Um, and from that moment, I never turned away from the Lord. And I was baptized um, a short period after that. Um, just outside of the of the base, it was mm. a Sunday morning. On a Sunday morning, everybody goes back to their base, and I was baptized just outside of the base on a Sunday morning. My hair was still wet. I put my uniform on and came into the base, mm. and I was like, "Guys, I was just baptized," and they were like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know. They didn't understand what what it means. But I was so happy. So there were Christians in the area then? No. Oh, yeah. In in a lot, there is one congregation okay. or maybe two, but mainly one okay. um, that everybody knows everybody. Mm -hmm. And um, John, the person baptized me, um, he's a really, really nice man. And everybody knows him. He's sharing the gospel in a lot all the time mm. and with everybody he mm. goes to the beach and he's talking with everybody and he's like the man mm. everybody knows john john the christian uh, yeah. um and they have a lovely place that is called the shelter and it's mm. a small hostel it's a really 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 nice place um there and they have meetings every morning at 11 they do worship and they are talking they're reading from the scriptures and they invite everybody. Okay. So a lot of people came to face through this place and through John and the people volunteering there. Mm. So this is how God really, really used um, this place and this city, the, the, the southest place in Israel. Mm. Well, people go to vacations there. I, I hate to stop you, but I know that you have a small window and you've got you got to get back to things but this is so interesting but i i want to get to to ask you uh some things like um what's it like to because you know pe people don't really understand that israel is actually full of of jews christians muslims mm -hmm. um sikh there's all kinds of faiths that actually do live peacefully with each other all we hear about is the, you know, the the, the terrorists, the, the 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 radical, and and how they they're very effective in making it very un, unsettled there, but there's really a, a lot of people get along from different backgrounds well in in the country. Is that correct? Um. Yeah. So we, I'll say that. I grew up in Jerusalem, the most, like in a, vigil, a village next to Jerusalem, but I lived my whole life in this area of Jerusalem. I was traveling the whole, the whole, um, 
the old city as a child. Mm. I know it like the back of my oh, hand. Wow. I love the old city. This is when you know when you ask someone what do you want to do or a kid what do you want to do go to the mall go there go there i was telling my mom i want to go to the old city wow i love it and what i'm saying is that i grew up in those streets where arabs muslims christians you mm. know so many christians are going through there mm. catholic not catholic um so many different people and somehow Everything is okay. Mm. Everything is fine. Well, there there are terrorists. There are uh, days that it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's not. Um, so most of the time we get along. Mm -hmm. But as you know, right now there is a war in Israel. And we really want to keep the peace we really want the peace back but what's going on in gaza and the attack they they don't care about peace they never wanted peace they never wanted to get along they are trying all of those years to destroy us to eliminate us they don't want us there it's not that they are trying to have their own country it's mm -hmm. not even that mm -hmm. They don't want us alive mm. and they won't ever stop. This is my personal uh, opinion. Um, they will never stop. This war will never end, mm. even if it will, this specific one. But there is a war, mm. a constant war. Um, Excuse me. It, it's, I, I, I find this really interesting what you're saying because, you know, the what... People, it seems like what we're made to believe, uh, no, what some people want us to believe is that this is a very complicated thing because the, you have the, the, the Palestinians or the, the Muslims and you, and you have the Jews and they hate each other and the Jews are, are horrible to the Muslims and the Muslims are horrible to the Jews. But really, if you go there, you find that the, the Jewish people want peace. And they do get along with anybody that wants to get along with them. And and so that's what you're describing here with just how there is peace. But then you get this, like what happened, you know, just a, a couple of months ago where, you know, where you get the Palestinians, that the, the, the militant Palestinians, they're just, they're, there's nothing but hate and their desire is to, to eradicate the Jewish people. So they're all about that. And that's really where the problem is. Yes. And and I just I want I want people to hear that because they, you know they they think that you know so often we hear well the Jews are just as bad I don't see where that is to me it seems and I never see the Jews being the ones that start these things and really what's happening is that Israel is defending itself. Go ahead. Yeah, you're saying defending, and this is the key word. What I want everyone to remember is defense mm. this is what's going on here we never wanted to fight mm. never we didn't want to fight them even when i was being taught in the army how to attack or it was mainly protect wow it was mainly we want to teach you how to protect yourself mm. we don't really want you to attack but we're gonna teach you how to do that when you will mm. encounter this situation but, Karen, defend yourself mm. and go. Wow. 
So as I was being taught, this is what the Israeli defense forces. That's what are. it's called. It's yeah. called defense because it's not, we never wanted to fight them. Mm-hmm. We just want to defend our people and our country. Mm-hmm. And there is a miss, a huge misunderstanding in the world of what's going on in that war. Okay. People need to understand Hamas is a terror organization. They are terrorists. It means that they want to kill. They don't want to get to any compromise. Mm. There will never be one. And the U.S. knows it well. The U.S. never negotiates with terrorists. Mm -hmm. So why should we? Right. Why? When they are... I'm going to say some really hard things now. But... They're killing their ch- the children. They killed the children. They raped the women. Mm-hmm. They were doing horrible, horrible stuff. The things I know, the people I know mm. have been through mm. are so horrifying. We couldn't sleep for days mm. just because we knew what was going on there Mm. and i'm not gonna get into details because it's such a hard thing to talk about the things that the terrorists did to the children and the women that they kidnapped and killed and murdered Mm. um it's just so horrible Mm. um so what i'm saying is that we really want peace but this thing they did was so terrible that there is no other way for us to handle this situation if not to bomb their gunnery and um, destroy the tunnels that Mm -hmm. they built like 20 meters long depth into the ground from Gaza Strip to Israel in order to attack again. Mm. Um, They're doing all of those stuff. We have to destroy it. We are telling the civilians, the women, the children to evacuate. Mm -hmm. We're giving them time. We never wanted to kill any of those, and and we're not. And you're having to bomb those areas where the civilians live because the terrorists have built their infrastructure right among the mm-hmm. civilians yes it, it's, exactly yeah i mean it, it's it's unbelievably evil they're doing that on purpose yeah they will put a child in front of you oh, goodness. in order for you to not shoot they're doing all of those stuff mm. um and those are the things that people don't hear no. You know, and all the protests that are going on on our college campuses and all the, the uh, that's going on in this country that's pro-Palestinian, it, it's so twisted. It's, I don't think anybody's anti, I don't think anybody's really anti-Palestinian. It's anti-Hamas. It's anti-terrorism. Um, and, but, but so, it's so conniving. It's, it's so twisted that it, it's not a complicated thing. We make it complicated. That this is really, this is, this is good and bad. This is evil. And, and, and evil is so clever. 
<laughs> because yeah. that's that Satan is the, you know it's, he he's he's very crafty is what we find in the book of Genesis, yeah. and he can he can make he can make it seem conf, uh, diff, he can make it seem complicated he can make it seem um, that dark is light and light is dark and and he and he can make it seem like israel is being horrible but really i've you know and and really anybody in this it's there's no excuse for people in the states not to understand these things because you can find out what is true and you can find out that israel is really bending over backwards to to be to be good to to the Palestinians, but the terrorists don't want that, and and so that's it's very frustrating for me. And I've actually been excited to have you come on the podcast and to and to share these things to confirm these things. Uh, how would you like to encourage the, the the Christians that are listening to this podcast? How would you encourage us to be praying for Israel? So there are so many things. Uh, you can pray for Israel. I'll start from a lot of mental strength for our soldiers, okay. for our people. Uh, my friends are fighting. They're giving their lives right now on the border. Mm. Our sons, our brothers and sisters, parents, everybody are, are on the border. Um People losing their jobs. They can't pay the bill, but mm. they will stand firm on the border. Mm. So pray for their strength. Pray that they will be wise, that they will see um, where the next attack is coming from, that they will be smart in that war, and that God will protect them. Okay. We really pray for that. Um and if we're talking about the future, we need prayers for their souls, for mm -hmm. those people, all the soldiers right now. They're going to get out of that war and they've seen stuff mm -hmm. and did stuff that will going to live with them to mm -hmm. their rest of their lives. And death is not natural for us mm -hmm. to to comprehend to to see to face with seeing dead children and dead um you know all the soldiers that needed to evacuate the um the israelis that were murdered um along the border it was such an intense um thing that they couldn't connect with their emotions in that specific moment they had to separate and when the war will be over they will need to connect between their soul their emotions and the heart and the mind it will need to come together again yeah. because during the war you just separate between your emotions yeah. you put that aside in a box mm -hmm. so i just want you guys to pray that when they'll open the box god will be with them mm -hmm. and that the spirit will comfort them and just for the salvation of israel i 
I would pray that through this sadness and this really, really intense feelings, they will seek God because mm. only God will be able to heal them. Mm. Not a psychologist, not a therapist. Only God could heal their souls and their mind. So we need to pray for their salvation. Okay. Uh, may the Spirit just take this veil from their eyes mm. that they can see um, and hear God for who he is and that he protected them all along. Mm. Um, so this is the biggest prayer. Okay. Well, Karen, thank you. I We've gone a little over time. I told you 50. We've gone over 55. Oh, wow. And so we need, to, we need to end it so you can get back to your studies. But Karen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Our annual ladies retreat is just around the bend from April 5th through the 7th, and we are excited to welcome alumni and friends of the ministry to come for a weekend of fellowship and good teaching. If you or someone you know is interested in attending, please go to our website at hishill.org for more information and to register. Our speaker this year will be Marianne Lowry. You've been listening to the His Hill podcast featuring our host, Kelly Doherty, along with Karen Casentini. Thank you so much for listening this week. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ and to wait on the Lord. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.